You're listening to the Brown Girl Podcast, a new show discussing various cultural and mainstream topics that impact our community from the perspectives of South Asian women. The show also aims to highlight South Asian women creators, business owners, and pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever your podcasts are found. If you're on Instagram, give us a follow at thebrowngirl underscore podcast to stay up to date on new releases and stay engaged with our community. Thanks for tuning in. Julie here, host of the Brown Girl podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode seven, and today we are continuing to highlight more South Asian female entrepreneurs. So when I started this podcast, one of my goals was I really wanted to use this as a platform to highlight South Asian women who were doing really cool things that are kind of outside the traditional realms and to kind of just you know, put a glimpse of inspiration out there and show that you don't have to follow the mold that someone else set for you. You can create your own path and still find happiness and success and all of that. So I'm excited to have Crystal Joseph Cobb on the show today. Um, And Crystal is the founder and owner of Beauty Mark Florida, which is a Tampa-based makeup, hair, and full beauty service provider. Um, and she's going to be sharing her journey from starting off in a more traditional career path to now becoming a full-time entrepreneur in the beauty space, as well as her newest venture into branding as well. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Crystal. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Julie. How are you? I'm well. So this is going to be a really fun episode. We're going to be yeah. talking a little bit about makeup and in your world of this business that you created from this this passion that you developed. So why don't we start off, Crystal, by having you um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, take us back to your upbringing, give us some some background on on who you are and and your journey. Yeah, of course. So um, again, I'm Crystal. I own Beauty Mart here. We're based out of Tampa. Um, I first started just, I guess, a little bit of career or uh, background on me. So I first started freelancing uh, makeup when I was um, 18 years old, kind of going straight into college. And it was more of like a passion back then, still is the passion, obviously, mm-hmm. but started freelancing back then. And it was always the thing that I did on the weekends. And so um, it wasn't until like YouTube and all of that stuff kind of started taking off that I really started honing in on my craft, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um And before it was an actual, you know, now, obviously, the industry is um, just, it's saturated, right? Mm -hmm. But this was kind of before, before that we hit that curve, I would say. And so really just really honed in on my craft for all of these years and finally took the jump and went full time about uh, two and a half years ago, I should say at this point. Um, And honestly, you know, I've always been the... um, artistic type, you know, growing up, I wasn't the <laughs> the most athletic kid, I guess you could say. I was more of the one that would be inside coloring. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, I would say that always has stuck with me, even kind of growing up into my older years and, and things of that nature. And so, you know, I've always, and but I've always had a really a big passion for business. So um, my dad actually by trade is a microbiologist, but um you know, I think when he first came to the States, that's that was what he went to college for in India. And so when he came to the States, that's what he did originally. Um, and then I think it was maybe within like seven years of doing that full time, 
um, um, you know, he started kind of um, dipping his feet into entrepreneurship with real estate. And um, I really got to kind of see his journey in that, like as I was growing up, I would say. And so, um, you know, like just taking those risks and like those, you know, those chances on yourself kind of, um, you know, learning new things and learning a new trade. I, I saw that from an early age. Yeah. And so that really encouraged me, you know, as I grew up to, you know, kind of step out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, and um, kind of push the mark, I guess, a little bit. So um I guess growing up, yeah, I would say I, I took on the little, a little bit of uh, business, um, you know, just that background from him and um, uh, just kind of doing my own thing was always, you know, always sounded great in my mind, but <laughs> never really knew how much work it would actually take to kind of start something from the ground up. So here we are now, I guess, 12 years later after being a freelance artist, um, you know, with, with this business. Awesome. And so prior to going full time, though, so you mentioned you started um, full time about two years ago. So prior Mm -hmm. to that, you were in the corporate um, world, right? And so you went to college. I think you have a couple educational degrees in your under your belt. So talk to us about that. Like when uh, what did you major in college? What was your career like right after college um, before you entered into full time entrepreneurship? Yeah, of course. So my undergrad, I actually, um, it's so funny because originally I think I wanted to go to law school. Um, and then I actually started taking law classes and it was just entirely way too much reading for me. So I was like, okay, not my thing. I, I definitely like to talk and I talk a lot and I'm good at that. But, you know, if you sit me down and try to get me to read a, a, a law book, I'm, I'm not about it. But um, so I knew I wanted to do business. Um but I actually, I also knew I wanted it to be like the creative aspect of a business, right? And so I was really drawn to marketing um, and advertising and things of that nature. And so I started um, off as a marketing major, um, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did my undergraduate degree in. Um, But it was funny because I think it was my freshman year of college, I wanted to pursue art in some form because I was still doing the makeup on the side. Um, I I wanted to pursue art so badly that for half a semester, I think for like half a year, I decided, let me see if I can be a dual like major and do business and art. Mm -hmm. Um, And the like to be an art major, um, it might not sound like as demanding as it really is. It was just so demanding. So I was like, you know, like you have to put in, put on basically a full art show for, for a real audience. And like, at least that's what, that was my requirement at the time. So I was like, yeah, that's too much too. So I ended up doing um, a mark. I became a marketing graduate with a um, minor in graphic design, um, which it's, it actually works out great because I do a lot of the graphics and, and the marketing materials for our business now. Um, And then afterward I went on to do my master's in business management. So I did do my MBA Awesome. So you went from MBA to MUA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I did. That's so funny. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned your dad growing up and kind of getting that glimpse business and entrepreneurship from him. So your uh, ethnic background, you're from Kerala, right? So we're both Malayalis. What would you say, like, what were the expectations that your parents had for you growing up? Did they try to, you know, push you toward going down a traditional path? 
route, like something in the medical field or becoming an engineer or, you know, something like that. And then when you did decide to step into the beauty space, were they supportive? You know, talk to us about that experience with, with your family. Yeah, of course. So I think that it's so funny because my parents, um, they had two different, I think, outlooks on it, right? So my dad is more of the entrepreneur type. Um, so he basically left his job of like 19 years as a bio, uh, microbiologist to pursue real estate. And since then, he's been full-time real estate and he's done like fairly well for himself um, in his, com- you know, in our community here. And so for my dad, you know, seeing like, you know, that you can put in all this hard work and you can, you know, watch it all kind of come to fruition for your own dream that, you know, he was very supportive in it. Um, I just don't think that he really understood like, okay, she's a makeup artist, right? Like, so that was like in the beginning, um, I would say, whereas my mom you know, she loves, she absolutely loves anything related to beauty. Like, um, you know, even when I started off doing freelance makeup and stuff like that, my mom used to always just tell me stories about how she used to like spend her free days in the parlor in India. And so like, she loved that aspect of it. But um, career wise, my mom has worked as a U like a USDA. So basically a government employee since she came to America and still does to this day. And so for her, She's a very like, um, I guess she likes the structure, right? And she likes the, okay, you don't have to worry about where your next paycheck is coming from. So it was funny because I saw, I got both outlooks, right? And both inputs, I should say, um, from my parents and like kind of what they think I should do. You know, so my mom was kind of passing every single government job, yeah, <laughs> every po- every government job posting to me, like, you're going to get a 401k, you do this, you'll be yes. great, you know? And my dad is like, well, why don't you just start making your own makeup products too, you know, like <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, but I would say, The one thing I think like when they realized um, I was really serious about going full time with it is because like because I just stuck it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I did everything I needed to do, I guess, in their eyes, like from an educational standpoint. So I did have that as a backup in case. So for them, you know, the fact that I've just been doing this and I've been at it for all these years, um, you know, they've seen it from the beginning and they've seen me grow, I guess. And so um, they I think over time, they kind of really took it seriously because I, w- I wouldn't spend my free time, like, you know, on the weekends, hanging out with friends. It was me picking up makeup bookings and weddings and things like this on the side. And so I think that they really kind of understood, okay, she really does have a passion for it. And she is, you know, slowly becoming successful at what she's doing. So I think that they were supportive, you know, um, kind of, middle towards the end in the beginning they were a little skeptical as they should have been right yeah Um, Yeah, yeah. but um but no they've been nothing but supportive um you know since then so yeah that's so good to hear I mean I think being brown we can all understand our parents first and foremost they just want to protect us like (laughs) taking that safe route right like the route that has that structure but uh, you know it sounds like it was easier for them to be on board given that you know, you had several degrees already under your belt. You've done yeah. the whole professional career thing. To, you know, you have that to fall back on, if nothing else. For and sure. 
I will say that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, No, I will say though, um, after I finished my undergrad, I did have a hard time like deciding like what I wanted to do. Um, Because I was hearing from a lot of peers like, oh, you know, an MBA is not really worth it. Like, you know, there's a lot of debt, you know, you're you're, you're going to get the same job out of college than you would after your graduate degree, you know? And so hearing that, but then hearing my parents, they were like, no, you're getting an MBA, you know? And I did fight with them, I will say, or I shouldn't say fight, but I did argue with them. Like, sure. I don't know if I need this, like this and that. Um, but I will say looking back, I'm so glad that um, I ended up doing my MBA because it is just, you know, it, it is another accolade to kind of add on, um, you know, and I'm not just another, I guess, makeup artist, you could say that doesn't have like any type of business background. I will say that that's one thing that has taken my business to the next level, just knowing how to um, kind of navigate, you know, like things as far as marketing or yeah. finances, any of that stuff. Um and so, so I will say that has helped a lot. So if you are in the industry and, or looking to get into the industry, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, definitely take education into consideration and um, maybe go for it because there's a lot of things, um, yes, that you might not use, but then there's a whole lot that you will end up using in your business if you're looking to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just kind of pivoting a little, let's talk about your business, Beauty Marked. So I know in in some of our previous conversations, I think I understood that there's like two realms or service segments that, you know, you guys do. The first is that traditional like makeup, hair, beauty services for weddings, photo shoots, editorials. Um, That's what you originally started your business doing. That's like your bread and butter. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. And and now, in addition to that, you're stepping into the branding space um, where you focus on helping like creatives with their marketing and branding strategies. Um, Yes. So talk to us about that, like help us help us understand like what that what what all that entails. Yeah, of course. So um, as just like a, I guess, somebody with marketing in their background, I see, you know, how much really goes into um, into like a lot of these, I guess, digital media campaigns and, Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Right. So a lot of times, you know, honestly, when we decided to kind of start rolling this out and kind of bridging the gap between the two, because um, I think a lot of times we don't think of beauty, right? When you think of marketing and and things like that. Um, but I would say a lot of it has, it shares a lot of the same space um, mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, any commercial, any advertising, advertisement uh, campaigns, things of that nature, um, you're always going to have beauty on set, right? Like if you... Um, and so really that's kind of, I, I really wanted to bridge that gap, um, between the two, uh, Mm -hmm. because I think like the beauty, um, industry kind of gets overlooked in that aspect. Um, but honestly, they are like a core foundation to a lot of these, um, just a lot of the way like Mm -hmm. marketing and, and advertisement, advertising and things like that is done. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, one of our, uh, new services that we're planning on rolling out, um, is for um, is specifically targeted to like small small businesses um, in the I guess um, fashion and beauty industry. Um, so um, we recently worked with a um, a swimmer boutique and a couple local businesses and actually a nationwide business as well um, to basically collaborate with them and host a styled shoot for them. Um, and so 
basically what we did was we found some influencers that mm-hmm. were local and we um, partnered them up with these businesses and we, we hosted this styled shoot and took care of every single detail um, for the business. And so that is something that we kind of want to start, start stepping into. And I honestly think that there is a huge market out there for it. And um, it's, it, it honestly kind of falls into the the place where right now companies and brands are paying influencers to, for example, like that swimwear boutique that we worked with. Um, I know they've hired influencers in the past and the influencer gets paid to take a photo in their bathroom in a bathing suit. And I think the creativity is lost in it, right? Sure. Um, so really it's, it's kind of um, hooking these brands up with these influencers and kind of pushing the mold a little bit um, and taking the creativity up a notch and really curating like a, um, a really intricate and like detail-oriented style shoot for them, for them to use for whatever marketing purposes they wish, basically, so. Yeah, wow. it's such a it's such an interesting new world we live in, right? With advent of social media, influencers, yeah. you know, like so many creative ways now to to make money and grow grow your brand and grow your business. So that's that's really cool that you're um you're you're expanding your footprint as a business. I guess in terms of the branding venture specifically, and, and maybe some of this you're probably still refining because you know this is an, this is on the newer end but I'm kind of curious like what does that engagement look like between your branding business and the clients that you serve is it like they're working with you one on one over the course of a year or do they come to you on like you know on one time or as needed basis like they have this particular product they want to promote and need some help with executing that and and bringing that you know the marketing and branding to life tell us what that process looks like working with branding clients yeah Yeah. so um honestly we open it up right so for to whatever their needs are at the time um so far we've had we've kind of just done it on like the one-on-one basis for like as needed okay so for example we did it kind of as a pilot actually for this last round we we launched a digital magazine called the mark and so um the photo shoot and the whole premise behind the the magazine was asian excellence and i had noticed um that these brands that we were working with, um, I don't think that they really had uh, posted much in or promoted much in that space um, uh, around Asian excellence. And we had just, I guess, Asian American heritage March. Yeah. Yeah. It had just passed. And so, you know, that was kind of what the premise was behind that particular issue. And so we had the way we kind of when we were talking to the brands and the people that own these brands, you know, we said, this is what we're doing that we want to basically highlight Asian excellence. And this is a great way for you to grow your business and step into a new market. If you haven't already, Um, which in this day and age, you know, like everybody wants to be um, inclusive, right. And you want to be um, working with brands that are inclusive, if not buying from them. And so I think that was kind of the more, um, that was kind of more of what we um, had in mind for this um, last issue for um, the mark. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, as of right now, we are doing it on a like as needed basis for businesses. Um, but hopefully, you know, um, our, our goal and our wish is to have these brands that solely use us on, on a yearly basis for all of their campaigns and all of their marketing needs. That's very cool. 
Um, so let's just let's transition and talk about the other side of the business. You know, your baby, like the the, the makeup, mm-hmm. hair, and and beauty services that you guys do for weddings and and photos photo shoots. It's I believe you have a team, right? Yes, it's not just you, um, not just me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess like at one at what point did you start to feel okay? This can't be a one man show anymore. Like I need help. I need to hire people. And just for context, how many people do you have on your team, and what are their roles? Right. So we have uh, seven artists on our team. I have a few girls that solely do hair and Mm -hmm. um, solely do makeup. And then I have a couple that do both. Um, I would say like, so I would, I want to say maybe five, six years going into it, I started kind of meeting people on jobs, on weddings and, and things like that. Cause at that point it was only me. Right. So um, when a bride or a client is hiring somebody, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to find somebody for hair and then somebody for makeup. Um, and so as I kind of started making these connections and meeting people along mm-hmm. the road, you know, um, I honestly, you can only grow. And this is like, was a huge learning, I guess, curve or just learning lesson for me. Um, you can only grow so much when you're, when you're working on your own. Right. And so for me, it was, it, it's always been about building a team. I've never wanted to be like my own, like, famous makeup artist, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, anything like that, but about, I, I about, I've always wanted to just like lead a team. And so, um, I knew I needed help when honestly, um, I was working a job and it was only me and I was trying to get through these brides or the bride and the bridesmaids as soon as possible. And it, by the end of the day, I was just exhausted. Yeah. Um, so financially, yeah, it's, it's great to, you know, make that money all to myself, but, if at the end of the day I'm exhausted and I have no energy, like I would much rather share that with somebody and deliver like quality service over just quantity. Um, and so honestly, I just decided, okay, you know, I need a team. Um, I need a hairstylist. I, I need multiple. Um, cause I would love to book, you know, more, sure. um, but there's only one of me. Right. right. So, um, Yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere without my team. They're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to grow. So with your team of seven, you know, so you're not necessarily going to be present at every event that the business is booked for, correct? Uh, Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. So I guess, how is it determined whether you're present and the one servicing the client at the booking versus the bookings that, you know, get offloaded to the team? Does that make sense? Right. Yes. So typically I will do, at, at least at this point in, in, in our business, I will do as much as I can okay. and then bring on the team with me. Um, just because we are kind of still in the building stages and building phases, right? And so um, honestly, I I try to be on as many bookings as I can. But uh, again, we do book multiple weddings some, t- some days. And so I can only be in one place at one time. Um, but honestly, we do, I do try to cater to the bride that day. And so if I can, and so it does get a little tricky. Sometimes I'll, I'll be doing multiple weddings, but, um, you know, I'll maybe service like one full bridal party and then I'll go to another and I'll do the bride and, you know, at, at the second one or, or whatnot. Um, so we really kind of have to finesse our schedules, a little bit. but, uh, but honestly it helps to just have, um, 
like a team that you can count on because yeah. even the days that when I am booked and I can't, I can't go from wedding to wedding, you know, as long as I can have um, a, the girls on, on it, like I've worked with them long enough to where I know how they work and I know that they can handle a situation even if I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that assurance and just that confidence in them is, is everything because, you know, it saves me the worry and the hassle of trying to feel like I need to be everywhere at once. And so, sure. yeah, I mean, having that team that you can trust, right? Yeah. Um, so speaking of finessing your schedule, like weddings and photo shoots can be so exhausting. Like you mentioned, long days, you're on your feet. But so I can imagine right. it could be like really hard on your body. So what is your week look like in terms of uh, schedule? Do you have a limit now where you only take on X number of events during the week and you know the remaining time is yours to work on more uh, strategic planning or managing the business, spending time with your family? Like walk us through what a week in your life looks like um, Mm -hmm. managing the business and as well as balancing everything else. Of course. So it's, so when you're in the wedding industry in general, I think you are expected, right? Like to be there working on the weekends because that is when your business takes place and that's when you are needed. Um, So I would say most weekends I am working, which is it, honestly, it is a hard time right now um, just because we are in this in the beginning and I wouldn't say beginning, but the building phase of our business, right? Like sure. really kind of take trying to take it to the next level, level I should say. And so um, I try to be as present, um, you know, with the business and like hands on as possible. Um, and so my, I would say like during the week is when I typically do a lot of my office work and like the behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. all the social media stuff, all the contracts, all the bookings, our client calls, and then even trials. Um, and like, you know, sometimes I'll have like one-off clients during the week. Um, but weekends are really designated for, for weddings. Um, I would say, um, I try not to, we try not to take clients on Sundays if we can absolutely help it. Um, Just because Sundays, you know, I, it's hard whenever you are in this industry because you will have the opposite schedule more than likely with your friends and your family and the people that you love. Um, Most people work during the week and then they have off on the weekends. And so really trying to balance that is it is a struggle. I will say like, I'm still trying to master it. I just got married in December. And so trying to be like me and my husband are super intentional about the time that we do have together. Um, cause if usually our weekends are filled with family, if it, if it's not us, right. And if it's not work. And so, um, I try not to take clients on Sundays, but again, um, we still are in that, in that building phase. And so, if I have to, you know, I, I do take clients on weekends on Sundays, um, I should say. And so, um, but I would say, you know, like when you are an entrepreneur, like that was such, I will say that that was the biggest, um, struggle for me in the beginning, just that transition going from working in eight to five. And then like now I, I kind of work around the clock. Right. But you can, you know, I have the flexibility to be, um, you know, to kind of make my own schedule. Yes. But at the same time, you do have to be very disciplined about, okay, I'm going to set this hour for my quiet time. I'm going to set this hour for my exercise. You know, you got to still be able to feed yourself in all those areas um, in order to kind of successfully run a business. And um, 
I'm still working on that, but um, I'm doing fairly well, but definitely it's, it's definitely still a struggle some days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how do you, um, like, how do you stay organized? Do you have specific apps that you use or are you an old school yes. list maker? Do you have a planner? Like what are some of the tools that you use to stay organized on top of everything you have going on? on your oh plate? my God, girl. So <laughs> I have, I use my Apple, like my Google calendar, like nobody's business. I have to like I have to put in time for times for me to eat in there. Um, and I will set that alert like three times, you yeah. know, otherwise like, especially on the weekends, right? Like I get so busy that I forget to eat. So I've even like put that in my calendar sometimes, but I rely so heavily on my Google calendar, but I also have like a old school planner where I'm writing stuff down in. And so my day-to-day tasks, I will write in my planner. Um, and I'll highlight them as I go kind of, you know, checking that off like a traditional list. Um, but if, if I have like appointments or calls and things like that, um, I have to put it in my calendar cause I rely on that thing, like nobody's business. Um, and then for my actual business, um, for like bookings and like managing clients, basically like our CRM, I use HoneyBook. Um, and I don't know it, like if you don't have HoneyBook and you're a creative or like um, a, even in the wedding industry, I highly, highly suggest looking into it because it has saved me so much work and hassle and it's it just has made my life so much easier. So honestly, those three things, like without those three things, I would be a lost soul. I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, finding those systems or processes or tools to streamline your business makes yes. the world makes a world of a difference. Yes. Um, how do you I mean, how do you find clients? Like what have you um, found to be the most helpful in terms of growing your portfolio and, and, and building your client client base? Right. So I will say um, I know it's so old school. But honestly, especially being in the community that we're in, um, so if you're like a South Asian uh, entrepreneur, just having your community around you that's also South Asian, there is so much support in just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like as I grew, you know, like so when I first started doing freelancing, um, I would say like word of mouth was everything. Um, and I think being South Asian, we know how loyal our community is. Um, and in the aspect of like, if they like your services and they like you um, and you're doing well by them, they will um, refer you 10 times over. Um, so honestly, that's how I got my start in this business. Um, if it wasn't for our South Asian community, mm-hmm. I, I don't know like how I would have gotten this far, to be honest. Um, I always attribute like all of my freelance success, I should say, to yeah. that. Um, just doing these Indian weddings and then like one person hears about you, you're, you're on like, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to put you on. Um, you can guarantee that. Um, but I will say like over time, uh, um, you know, social media, just like in anything else in any other business um, has been huge for the wedding industry, um, particularly for makeup artists and, and things like that. Um, I will say there is an, an influx of makeup artists and, and stuff like that. So really kind of st- just um, letting your work speak for itself and, and like kind of standing out amongst the crowd. Um, if you can do that, you know, social media is going to be your best friend as far as like trying to grow your business. 
Yeah, I I totally believe it. You know, Instagram, Facebook, so pivotal these days yes. to growing a business. But those positive relationships and word of mouth yes. references are what will really carry you to the future. Like that combination is so key. Yes. Um, so I'm curious, did you, I meant to ask this earlier, but did you receive formal education at some point or are you entirely self-taught? So I am self-taught um, when it comes to makeup artistry. I think I had mentioned it earlier, but I've always been like a doodler <laughs> since I was a kid. Um, I've always had that just art, that artistic um, like spark, I guess you could say, in, in me. Um, and so like from a young age, I've always drawn and, and stuff like that. And so I was always the friend that like did makeup on all the other friends for homecomings, for sleepovers, and you name it. And so I, I honestly like I, I am self-taught. Um, but as far as education, you know, I do have the business background, which helps like a lot. So got it. Got it. And what, what are some of the, I guess, what are some of the skills necessary for a, a makeup artist to be successful in this space? Like what advice do you have for someone who's, you know, looking to transition into this space and like establishing themselves as a professional? Right. Um, honestly, like professionalism, I would say is, is key. Um, you're going to have so many makeup artists. It, it doesn't matter at this, like in this day and age, no matter what city you're in, you're going to have so many makeup artists kind of coming out of um, that city that might not be seasoned. Um, and so professionalism is huge. Um, and I see like after dealing with clients and things like that, they, they do mention that that is one thing that we, that kind of sets us apart. Um, even if you're a one woman show or a one man show, whatever the case is, um, having that professionalism and just treating somebody like a client, um, should be treated is, is honestly key. Um, obviously being like detail oriented, and, um, you know, like making sure your the quality of your work is, is there as well is it's a given. Sure. I would say, um, as an artist in general, like never stop learning your art, like never stop perfecting your art. Um, even, even now after doing makeup for 12 years, I still to this day will watch YouTube or, um, not YouTube so much anymore, honestly, but um, I'll watch Instagram and I'll watch like artists that I admire on Instagram and um, I'll pay for like their, um, their and makeup courses just to kind of see what they, you know, what they do differently, right? Like um, to see what I can kind of add into my process and, and kind of refine it and tweak it and, and make it better. So as an artist in general, like never start, never stop honing in on your craft. I, I think that is like number one. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, YouTube, Instagram, masterclass, so many platforms yes. out there to learn and, you know, pick up new skills mm -hmm. and, and keep your skills fresh. So I um, know we're almost out of time, but I want to end the segment with just some makeup and, you know, beauty related questions. Yeah. These, are, these are things that I'm personally curious about. <laughs> I wear makeup pretty regularly when I leave the house, but it is like a 45 second process. And I'm sure if you saw me doing my makeup, you would be like, <laughs> what in the living hell? Um, but what would you say is like the most common mistake you see people doing when they do their own makeup? <sighs> okay. So this is probably so like technical, right? But uh, 
I think a lot of people look at makeup like painting, like you're painting and uh, like you don't want to do that. It's so, like I said, it's a very technical thing. Um, but whatever you're doing, you want to be like so light-handed. You, you're not stroking a paintbrush. You want to just dab. Dab, <laughs> like, okay. I always tell my, like I always, my sisters, my friends, I'm like, you don't have to put that much on and you don't need to put, like put it on that hard. You can just like lightly, you know, dab. But um, honestly, yeah, you, I think a lot of people treat their face like, like it's a, like it's a canvas. Yes, it is a canvas, but you're not painting, you're not painting a picture. So um, honestly, find what works for you. If, if it works that way, and you know, you, and you are like, stroking your face like that, go ahead. But um, honestly, I think every, there's no wrong way to, to do your makeup. Um, it's, it's your makeup at the end of the day. So yes, you have that freedom. But um, but yeah, some people I think just go the extra mile sometimes when they don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Dab. So dab, don't paint. Yeah. Dab. I would say dab and honestly, just like be as, be light handed. You can always build up, um, whatever it is, eyeshadow, foundation, concealer. Um, but it's, it's, it's easier to build up than it is to tone down. So yeah. always start out kind of light handed. <laughs> okay. Um, and when it comes to makeup products, like foundations or concealers, mascara, is there a difference between like drugstore brands of makeup versus higher end or like department store brands? Like, is it worth splurging on? And I asked that question because I've heard and and read with mm -hmm. other skincare products like face washes, for example, that, you know, it may not be worth investing more money into mm -hmm. it because any benefit that you'd get from premium ingredients don't stay on your face long enough to do anything because you're just washing right. it around the sink anyway. So I'm wondering with, you know, makeup products that, that are intended to stay on your face, are there nuances with regard to to that that would indicate like yes okay it is worth it to spend more money on on the pricier stuff yes so i will say um there are a lot of great drugstore brands out there and a lot of them are known for specific things um i don't know that there is it's hard for me to say i don't know that there's any drugstore brand where i love every single product like that's hard to say, but then there, at the same time, there's no high end brands where I love every single product too. Right. So for example, um, there is like a Maybelline mascara that I absolutely love, um, and a L'Oreal mascara that I absolutely love. Um, and it's hard for me to find high end like versions that are similar and give me the same effect. Um, you know, so I would rather spend $5 on a mascara than 30 on like a Lancome. Um, or something like that. Right. Um, but then there's certain foundations that are just unbeatable. Like you can't, you know, you can't get a drugstore version of that. Right. And so I think that there's certain brands that are like known and, um, you know, um, for, for a good reason for, for their, like for certain products. Um, so I think really it comes down to really just doing your research and, and honestly trial and error is huge. So, um, like I said, there's certain products that I use that are drugstore. Um, but I will say, you know, there are high end things, um, and higher end brands that are high end for a reason for longevity and just like, um, just quality of like material. Like I know some eyeshadows I use like drugstore eyeshadows. I do not, I just am not a fan of, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's honestly, I just haven't found one that I, that I like. 
Um, but if you put a, a Huda palette in front of me or you put an Anastasia palette in front of me, like those shadows, I just, you know, like they just have different color payoff and they just, they just last a lot longer. And so I think it really just comes down to like the specific product that you're using. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of these drugstore brands these days have been really stepping up their game in terms of, you know, quality and all of that. I mean, I have been, you mentioned Maybelline, Maybelline mascara. I've been a loyal (laughs) Maybelline mascara customer for 15 years. Like I have, and I have tried other more, you know, pricier mascaras and I have not found another one that matches, you know, what the Maybelline one delivers. I mean, and there is a reason that these drugstore brands have lasted as long as they have, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They obviously, have their own target audience but some of the products are actually amazing like um, I think great lash it's that pink and green tube do you know that mascara so that mascara is hitting their 50th anniversary I just saw a commercial and so there is a reason why right like it's a it's just one of those tried and true things and tried and true products that people don't want to deviate deviate away from because it works well so you know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And so I, you mentioned kits and palettes. I feel like there's new ones coming out all the time. Every oh my day. gosh! Like, do you do you have a favorite brand that you <sighs> like to use, or how do you determine also from like for your business because there's so many like yeah. which ones to invest in for your kit and your business and clients. <sighs> So I will say as I was growing my kit, and so that is another thing, like if you're a new artist, um, your kit is going to take some time to actually like, you know, for you to actually fill it out, I should Mm -hmm. say. And so, um, you know, you want to do that the most cost efficient way. Um, Don't splurge on every single thing you see because there is a new product like dropped by every single brand every single week. And so I really try to be um, just from a like a business standpoint and like managing inventory. um, I honestly I try to be like good about not buying so much because I will say I have so much product but sometimes, you know, things come out and you're like, oh, that looks nice. And <laughs> Let like me you try that. <laughs> uh, you have to have it. Yeah. Like what? Um, but honestly, no, I try to, I try to finish, you know, the things that we do have. Um, but it, it's just like anything else. Over time, I do start buying things, you know, here and there and slowly just start kind of um, weeding things out of my kit and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, passing them along to, right. to family. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, with foundation, you can mix and match, right? You can blend Mm -hmm. different shades together to create. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, and honestly, that's, that's how I build my entire kit. So um, instead of having every single shade, I'll buy, you know, um, you know, a light shade, a few shades in between, and then a couple dark shades. And so, you know, obviously it takes some time and practice being able to mix colors to cut like, you know, um, custom for each skin tone and, and each client. But honestly, that's the way to go. If you can yeah. do that. Got it. Makes sense. So we are almost out of time. I do want to end by just giving you a chance to let people know how they can get in touch with you to either work with you or just to follow you, you know, plug your website, Instagram, all of that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. So if you guys did want to inquire with us as far as booking us for any events, special events, weddings, uh, you name it, our website is www.beautymarkedfl.com. And you can forward slash and 
type connect and that will lead you to an inquiry form uh, or you can find us on our, all of our social medias platforms are at beautymarkedfl. Um, and I do have a personal Instagram as well uh, where you can kind of see all of the behind the scenes and you know the funner stuff with my family and me slapping makeup on them <laughs> at Crystal Joseph Beauty. Awesome. Yeah. And I will go ahead and link um, all of those pages uh, on the show notes as well. So um, people have that for reference. But thank you so much, Crystal, for joining us today. Thank it was a pleasure Julie. having you on. Yeah, I really enjoyed getting a glimpse into your yeah, world and like, this is your so story. Much fun. Um, and I'm super excited to share it with our audience. Awesome. Thank you Great. so much for having me.